Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Taisha Bezo. That's right. From Evluma. She's one of the magicians, Greg. Down at Evluma. E-V-L-U-M-A dot com, baby. Evluma dot com. Magical. What do you got, Greg? Yeah, rethinking LED in all directions. And check yeah. it out. I even brought out the Area Max or Omnimax bulb right here. Different Kelvin temperatures. That's what I like about it. It's one thing. 2,000 Kelvin up to 5,000 Kelvin, medium and mogul base. Also, the size. We were just talking before the show, Mike, how I always make sure I buy an HID cob replacement that can fit. And that Voluma is smaller than a lot of the other ones out there. So that's one of the most important parts. But then they have everything else on top of that. What do you have, Taisha? Connected LED. You have the photo control safe. Give it to us. What else you yeah, got, Yeah, connect LED. Yeah, connect LED, photo control, fail safe. But, you know, one thing that I like to point out is that, yeah, one size fits all. So we are going to mimic that existing burn center of that original HID bulb, right? So the right light matters, okay? So we're going to put out that that light that you guys are used to, that right light on the ground without any glare. So, so yeah. I love awesome. the low Kelvin temperatures because we're all starving for darkness as well as while we're going through this thing. But, Greg, before we... You know, we got to talk a little bit about Evloom is a proud Nailed member as well, NAILD.org. Um, we're going to be putting together some uh, LS Evolve modules with them, pretty sure. And uh, we have, as a guest, you've already heard, Taisha Bezo. How's it going? It's going great. You know, I'm happy to be on the show. I've been watching you guys now for a couple years and you guys are hysterical. For the longest time, the Evluma team has wanted you to say E-V-L-U-M-A. So happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. baby, the magician. Those are magical fixtures. Taisha, before we get into this thing, I noticed, you know, I looked up your your LinkedIn account and I was kind of scrolling around and Oh, okay. you, you started this thing in in aero in the aerospace industry. How did That's that? Right. How did you go from like flying to <laughs> lighting? Yeah, you know, I'm an I'm an av geek. That is that is true. Um, so I started at this in aircraft interiors company, um, and. I knew this gentleman, he worked at another aerospace company and we'd see each other at trade shows and we knew the same people. Um, we kind of competed actually. And, you know, he said to me, one day I'm going to hire you. One day you're going to work for me. I'm going to hire you. We're going to figure out a way to collaborate. Um, and yeah. And so he came back to me like, three years later and said, Hey, I've got this light bulb company. And that's what he called it, a light bulb company. And I'm thinking light bulbs, like, I don't, I don't know anything about lighting. Like, okay. And he's like, no, I think you'll love the product. You'll love the company. Um, we're looking to grow. Um, and I think you'd be a perfect fit. So, um, so I met the team, I met the founders and, um, got familiar with the product. And then I met some of the customers and I'm thinking, God, the lighting community is so well connected, so personable, far more personable than the aerospace industry, actually. And and that was the element that I was missing. And so I just said, sure, you know, let's let's try it out. Let's go. Let's go for it. And that's how I got into it. So were you involved yeah. in naming the company? No, I, I wasn't involved in naming the company. Um the evolution of lighting is kind of where that name came from. And, um, and while I wasn't involved, I, I love that. I love that because, 
the evolution of lighting, I mean, we're at, at Abluma, we're constantly trying to evolve and push it to the next level. Um, the technology that you, that we developed, God, you know, years ago is still what I consider cutting edge, cutting edge technology. And, um, and so that, that name or that, that term evolution of lighting, I think just makes sense with the name. So anyway. <laughs> and this industry seems to, you know, and, you know, some people would consider this a controversial topic. I don't at all. It seems to be heavy on the men's side, a lot of men in lighting. Um, mm -hmm. When you came into lighting, um, you're coming from a different industry. Did you find it as welcoming as some of the other women in the business? Mm, that's an interesting question. You know, again, I came from the aerospace industry, which is heavily male dominated. And so that's something that I'm, you know, not unfamiliar with. You know, I would say it, it's something, honestly, that a woman doesn't necessarily can always get used to. Um, was it welcoming? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the utility space, the CNI space, co-op space is definitely a welcoming community. Is it still a little bit intimidating? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, while at the time when I first started, I didn't know much about lighting, I think at the end of the day, if you can bring a level of knowledge and expertise and a professionalism to the space, you'll be well respected. And um, so that, that was the first thing I did when I joined at Luma. I was like, okay, I need to meet with all of our electro electrical engineers, all the lighting guys, understand the lighting layouts and do a deep dive on lighting. And then I got into the industry full steam ahead without hesitation. And while it was in intimidating, I think I pleasantly surprised a lot of people. So <laughs> you made it way to go. So the company started right. in 2000, <laughs> 2008. Uh, do you know mm -hmm. what, what was the original intent or why did they start? Yeah. What was their first product? Yeah, you know, oh God, I love this story because, you know, Evluma is not, you know, one of those big names, right? Although we're making a name for ourselves, which is really exciting. Um, we aren't, you know, the big names of the, of the lighting industry. So our, but although we're not the big names, we have a deeply rooted background with how LEDs work with, you know, thermals, drivers, you know, everything that is found in an LED today. And that's because of our roots. So we came from the high speed photo finishing industry. And what does that have to do with, with lighting today or LED lighting? Well, in those high speed photo finishing machines, um, there were, you know, drivers and LED, LED diodes and thermal management systems in order for them to actually work. And so, um, so we took our expertise in the high-speed photo finishing industry and we applied it to lighting. And, and why is that? Well, no one prints photos out anymore, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I barely know about taking a roll of film and getting it developed. No one's doing that anymore, right? And so we saw the writing on the wall and we applied our technology to the lighting space and we realized, gosh, we're actually experts in thermal management. I mean, the number one reason why LEDs fail today, right, is poor thermals. And um, and we're experts in that. Um, we've been doing it for over 25 plus years and uh, and we realized, hey, look, you know, we're good at this. We like to think we helped pioneer the space in LED lighting, which is really exciting. And, uh, and that's why we transitioned to it. So, and we worked, we also teamed up with all sorts of customers to actually get the light right, so. Nice, and so to touch on the thermal management, give us the, yeah. the things that we should understand or what is the most important part of that uh, when it comes to LED? You know, 
being able to dissipate heat, right? Um, I think that's 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 how you make LEDs last. And 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 there's certain circuitries within like a circuit board or a driver board that will help manage that. So if you look at um, the Omnimax, right? So I don't know if you have it in front of you, but if you if you look at the Omnimax, yep. Um, you can see that we've got these heat sinks that are on the top and up on the bottom. Well, a lot of retrofits today, first of all, are in an enclosed fixture. So it's really hot, right? It gets really hot. And, and for, the, for the most part, thermal management is just typically with, um, with like an extruded heat sink, right? And then that's it. So there isn't any typical moving parts. And, and that moving parts inside an enclosed fixture has always been looked down upon, but you know, how do you manage heat inside an enclosed fixture with just an extruded heat sink? I mean, it's really difficult. Sure, you know, it might extend the life of the lamp for maybe five years, maybe 10 years, but how do you move past that? And you have to have some sort of moving parts. So what Evluma has done is um, we actually have four layers of thermal management. We've got um, a heat sink, just like everyone else. So we've got a very intricate extruded heat sink. And then we've got an actual fan. And so what the fan does is that it constantly circulates air inside of the, um, the heat, inside of the globe, right? So it's constantly moving air. And then in addition to that, we've got these sensors that are on the driver that are constantly sensing heat, right? So if it reaches a certain centigrade, you know, 60 centigrade, 90 centigrade, um, our light will actually dial itself back down just a little bit until it reaches normal operating temperature, which is awesome. And then because we have the fan that's constantly moving heat, we're actually able to use the globe to as a secondary heat sink, which is really awesome. So, yeah. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you, if you have the answer to this one, but I, I sent Mike a picture over the weekend. I was at a at a famous fast food restaurant, we'll say, in Minnesota, and they had a LED light fixture on the outside that was flashing on and off. What is that? Oh, for? okay. That was a video. That was a video. Flashing? He sent me, he sent me the video of the light flashing. It yeah. was legitimately flashing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it was bad. So what would that be from? Does that have anything to do with thermal? I know it's probably an inexpensive fixture, but is there any scientific term or anything that we could understand with that? Hmm. If you don't know, okay, so there could be a number. Yeah, yeah, you know, there could be a number. I got of an answer. It's that... a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you can get cheap. What is utility grade, right? Like, what is um, we use the term utility grade in the utility space? And um, what kind of term do you guys use as far as like a robust product? I don't know if I've identified that as yet. Like, well, yeah. here, let me answer the question with, by expanding on that. What I notice about yeah, Evluma, and I will too. Mm -hmm. okay, is that your products don't look like anybody else's. Like mm -hmm. a lot of times yeah. when you're when we're I'm looking at a vendor, you go from one vendor to the next, and there's a lot of the same products, like almost very very yeah. similar. They look a mm -hmm. lot alike. There's a lot of similarities. When you when you go to Evluma.com, and you know this, yes, Evluma advertising this, but I'm being serious with the guests, I'm not, you know, I'm saying this, this is for, as a lighting distributor, the products all look different. They're very different looking. Yeah. And there's a, and there's some more features we're going to talk about, but there's a lot of features that other people don't have. So I, I don't know if there's a term utility grade sounds like an interesting title for that, Greg, meaning long lasting, mm -hmm. um, maybe may, 
able to maintain it, possibly, if it fails yeah. uh, in the future, mm -hmm. perhaps easily connected to a control system. That's what I think you mean when you say utility grade. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't think that we have a term for that, Greg, do we? No, and we talked a little, Taisha, before, but uh, yeah, I don't know that we, I mean, I say commercial grade, you know, things are commercial oh, grade yeah. or high mm -hmm. quality, but I don't have a term mm -hmm. to sum that up. So, so you expand yeah. on that, Taisha. Yeah, so, you know, your question was, why is it flashing? Well, when we look at our products, we consider it utility grade, and that basically encompasses everything that you said, long lasting. So is it going to last you know, 20 plus years, or is it going to actually last that L70, right? And so, um, and so what does it, what does a product need to entail to last 20 to 25 plus years? And so that includes, you know, a good driver. And so, you know, we've tested all the off the shelf drivers on the market. You know, we, we really wanted to to look at all of our options when creating our products. And we realized that in order to actually maintain what we want to say 25 plus years, right? And actually our TM21 calculator is way higher than that. We had to build our driver from scratch. And so it's our own proprietary driver with our own type of thermal management system and our own surge protection. So all of our lights are 20 kV, 10 K surge protection. So why was it flashing? It's probably, you know, either, um, sensors or um, certain um, circuitries on it that were either cracking um, because of poor thermal management. I think a, I think a bird took a shit on the photocell. I think a bird exactly, did something to the photocell or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. It could be like something going on with the photocell, like the contactors are starting to wear out, right? Because with LED photocells, you know, what they did to design LED photocells is essentially what I consider a Band-Aid, if you will. I don't really like to use that term. But with LED photocells, um, they had to combat that huge inrush current, right? So with an LED, you're getting like 10 times the inrush current than that of like a traditional HID or ballast, right? And so how can a photocell with hold that up? Well, LED or photocell manufacturers did that by increasing or making the contactors larger, right? Um, which is essentially still trying to combat the same traditional reasons to why LED or uh, previous photocells failed. So it's just larger contactors that'll eventually wear out because it's the on and off switch to that LED light. And so those contactors will eventually wear out, could cause some, you know, flashing because it's about to fail and then it'll eventually fail because the contactors will eventually wear out. And then you got to roll out a truck or send out a guy to go change out the photocell. So... So on, on that subject, and I, I don't think a lot of distributors or lighting people actually know, and maybe I'm speaking on behalf of myself, but it, it was relatively recently that I understood that LED lighting, there's an LED photo control and then there's photo control for everything else. So when we're doing exterior yeah. projects now, we've been told by some contractors, well, do the photo cells too, because these are not LED photo cells. And you know, it mm -hmm. took me a while to figure out, well, what do you mean by that? It's a photo cell, it turns it on and off. But there is a difference. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there absolutely is a difference. With the exception of our product, you actually don't need an LED photo cell with our product. And I can get into that in a bit. But the reality is, is that, again, you when you're changing to an LED light, it's important that you switch to an LED photo cell. Because, again, a traditional photo cell um, working with an LED is going to experience a huge inrush right? About 10 times higher 
approximately, I think. And, and that's going to wear out those contactors quickly. So on a traditional photocell, it's small contactors. So two years, that photocell is going to fail. So with, tr with new LED photocells, they have some surge protection and they've just got bigger contactors to, um, to hold up to those inrush currents. Do you think a majority of manufacturers? Yeah. Do you think a majority of manufacturers right now actually install their LED fixtures with an LED rated photocell, or are there some out there that import it and put on a standard photocell that's not LED rated? Um. Mm, you know, in twenty twenty one in twenty twenty one. I, I think they do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe so five in, years in ago for sure. I would say. Yeah. For, exactly. Even, maybe five. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Maybe. You know, LED photo cells are expensive. So, you know, if you're trying to win a bid and, you know, they don't want to mark up that price of the photo cell or add that price in, they'll just quote it as is. And then, then they're done and they walk away. And that's not fair, right? You have to have that LED photo cell. Um, with, with Evluma, because our circuitry is different, the light is not the on and off switch. It's just an input into the firmware because we have this feature called photo control fail safe. So in the event of a failed photo control, because it will happen no matter what, right? You can buy the cheapest LED light on the market, but that photo cell is going to fail. And then the moment you have to touch that photo cell, you've now doubled the cost of the fixture, right? And so with our light, we wanted to remove that. So we have a feature called fail safe. So in the event of of a photo control failure, our light will take over. Our light will take over. It's been calibrated by the photocell in the firmware. Our light will take over and it'll turn on and off as if the photocell never failed. And the utility, the uh, business, the, um, you know, you name it, the, the high school, the college, they'll never know that photocell failed because it'll just operate as per usual, which is great. So forget it. We'll sell you a light without a photocell because you can just put the old one on there and go have yourself a party. <laughs> so, so yeah. the, um, yeah, on that photo cell subject, does it matter if it's on the fixture or separate? Because I would say maybe 70% of the exterior jobs I mm -hmm. see have a central photo cell not built on yeah. the fixture. Yeah. So does that matter in that case? Should you go replace a central photo cell with an led rated photo cell when you do all these other fixtures? Yeah, you, you should. You should. Mm -hmm. Unless, again, unless you're putting a Voluma on that entire block, that central photocell should be an LED rated photocell. Yeah, definitely. That, the, the mm -hmm. surge protection, so we're talking about the magic now. That's why I called you guys the magicians, because when I started yeah. reading the spec sheet, like, that's a lot of cool stuff, man, that I've never encountered mm -hmm. before. Um, the surge protection. So I think the, normally what I see is 10 kV. 10 kVA, yeah. sorry, on the surge protection mm -hmm. is like almost standard. You guys have it at 20 kVA. Is that just like boasting or is there a reason for that? Yes, there is an absolute reason for that. Um, so basically, you know, why do we have 20 kV, 10K surge protection? Well, first of all, we're 20 kV, 10K, ANSI 135 rated. So what does that mean? Do you guys know what that, that standard is? I know what Not ANSI really. stands for, but I don't know the standard that well. I'm just the yeah. host of the Get a so, Couple Lighting podcast. It's no, a light bulb exactly, every day. No, no, no. So, <laughs> Probably shouldn't so, so yeah, and anyway, I'll get into that in a bit. You know, some do say 20 kV, 10K surge protection is definitely – um, overkill, but we don't think it's overkill. So the reason why we don't is because we can take up to, God, 
I want to say a hundred times more joules, so more energy. We can absorb more energy than a 10 kV surge. And why does that matter? So sure, um, we are built for a catastrophic event like a lightning strike or something like that. But it's not about that, right? It's not about that. It's about the little surges every day. Every day, it's those little surges that will wear down a surge protection, right? That will wear it down. And so our light can handle, gosh, like a hundred times more than a 10 kV surge package. So when I say utility grade, that's truly what it's about. It's about absorbing more joules, absorbing more energy than a 10 kV so that we can truly say our light will last 25 plus years. In addition to that, we've got three additional layers of surge protection on top of that. So it's the 6 kV mob that sits on the driver. Um, it's uh, we've got a transient voltage suppressive diet. I mean, there's all this, all these things. Two additional layers, and um, and so not only do we have the 20 kV mobs in the beginning, we've got three additional layers to shunt any residual surge that gets through because that happens, right? Um, and that's why we're ANSI ANSI certified. So, you think a, yeah. a, a lot of the exterior fixtures that, that burn out, because there are a lot, especially the initial mm -hmm. first versions that came out, is it because of surge or is it thermal management or, or what do you think is the number one killer of LED lights? Thermal management probably, but I would say all of the above. Um, I think thermal management, although perhaps it's getting a little bit more handled on, thermal management was, gosh, for a long time, the number one reason. And I still think today the number one reason why LEDs fail today. I mean, you've, I'm sure we, you guys have all read about how lights in the beginning with LEDs just significantly degraded after five years, which is just wild um, with, with certain manufacturers. And that's because they just didn't have a handle on, on thermal protections. Um, and it's tough. I mean, again, the reason why Abluma knew so much about thermal management is because we dealt with it significantly in those high-speed photo finishing machines with um, printing so many photos per, per hour. Um, it got extremely hot, and we had to design a system that dissipated heat. So, I'm going to yeah. throw a curveball. I think the, the early versions, mm -hmm. it was the seals, the, um, the rubber mm -hmm. seals on the fixtures would fail oh, and allow okay. a lot of water in. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. the actual number one, but I, I know that was a big problem for a municipality oh, here yeah. in, in Toronto, yep. in Toronto that changed a lot of lights and, and uh, mm -hmm. it's turned into a, from a fiasco into a debacle, into a disaster. It's funny how that goes. Exactly. Eh? One, one, you know, one or two lights go and then the, the old manufacturer provides a replacement, provides a replacement. Then a whole bunch mm -hmm. of lights go. It's like popcorn. LED lights, all lighting, exactly. all lighting is like popcorn. In the beginning, you just get pop, 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 and then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. pop, 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 So it goes from fiasco to debacle to disaster. Um, exactly. That's what happens. Uh, so let yeah, me ask you. You go ahead. Totally right. Yeah. Popcorn. Oh no, no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's interesting that you say that because in the beginning, when a bunch of LED manufacturers came out with their lights, there were no true regulations around it, right? Um, like you know, there, there just wasn't regulations. And so at, there are all these manufacturers trying to get on this bandwagon of producing LEDs. And so um, that's why in the beginning we saw kind of a flood of failures, right? Um, just like what you talked about with water and grass and, and, and all of that. And because of that, there's now these standards that are out there, especially for utilities and, and investor owns and, and things of that nature. And you've, you've got to be UL listed. You've got to be, you know, C certified, you know, you've got to be, DLC listed, um, you name it, just to 
just to prove, you know, that your light can withstand some certain standards. So, and it weeded out a bunch of other manufacturers in the process. I miss the Halcyon days of 2013 and 14, brother. <laughs> Do you remember like Philip, Philips bought all the companies in lighting and everyone was all, everyone was all like drunk on um, crazy making. And that now, you know what? You, you talked about jumping on. That sounds on... fun. Yeah, I was there. It was a great time, actually. That was fun. Was, I had a blast. I, I traveled all over the mm -hmm. world doing podcasts. Um Went That's to China. So yeah, it was fun as heck. But you know what? I, you know, you say people jumping on the bandwagon, Greg. I think we're seeing a lot of people jumping off the bandwagon now, sucker. Mm -hmm. I mean, changing names and jumping off bandwagons and, and uh, you know, so this industry is, um, you know, there's still Johnny Come Lately and the Lighting Marauders are still out there. They're still playing. They're still, they're still touring and they're still putting out albums, but they're becoming fewer, fewer and awesome. far between. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, and, and it's interesting because we talk to a lot of nailed members and we see a lot of distributors kind of retrenching into this industry. Like everyone was, what the hell's going to happen and all this stuff's going on. And you know what? We've lost some people. We've lost some companies. We've lost some leadership, but you know, Greg, new leaders are emerging. New companies are emerging. And it's interesting to see. It's like the, the wave finally crested somewhere around 2017 and started to roll back and there was dead bodies uh -huh. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And now that's so funny that you, go ahead. yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. Like, that's so funny that you say that because that was a big struggle for Evoluma actually is that, you know, we're trying to tap into this market, you know, five years ago. And the big question from all of our customers was, you know, are you guys going to be around, you know, like, you know, uh -huh. Evoluma, who's Evoluma? Um, and, and so it was really, it was really nerve wracking for some of our customers um, to, to try, to try a different brand. Right. Um, and so, so what we did for the longest time was we really collaborated with our customers. We said, okay, like if, you know, let's build trust here, right? Let's build trust. Cause if you don't have trust, you don't have anything. And so we really built a product based on everything that they told us. I mean, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't have fail safe. We wouldn't have certain surge protection. We wouldn't have thermals um, the way we designed it without our customers feedback. Um, and so we really had to build a strong trust around our, our customers. And because of that, gosh, we've built a name. I mean, you know, we're a competitor competitor now with with all those big big names out there and it's kind of fun being in a room with with all of these big guys and they're like oh evoluma's here and they don't want us to be in that room um because they know that we're a player now so <laughs> it's kind of fun i like it good spot to be now getting back to the exactly. uh, utility grade hang on a second utility. here hang on a mm -hmm. second here yeah. you think they didn't want you in the room they didn't want us in the room for a long time. I bet. Yeah, I bet. That, that's who they didn't want in the room. Believe me. But now it's now things mm -hmm. have changed a little bit, Greggy. That's right. Yeah. So, so on the exactly. utility side of the market, you said the word utility grade, but also just utility sales in general. I don't think a lot of distribution that I know of gets involved in that, and that's uh, I think in roadway lighting or you know the lights mm -hmm. that are on the wood poles that are managed by the utility. That that's really where you guys are at, isn't it? Yeah, that's the space that we live in. Mm -hmm. We live in that, uh, that utility space, but a very segmented utility space for the longest time, um, that cooperative market. And, um, 
you know, again, when we started, we didn't ne necessarily want to knock on the big doors. And so we focused our attention to the co-op space, which I'm so happy we did. I mean, it's such an awesome segment. In, Are you talking about multi-residential high-rise cooperatives? Like, so like, what I say, oh, I don't know what the utility like a utility co-op. Oh. Yeah. So basically, um, gosh, we, we work with so many in uh, Minneapolis, for example, but, or Minnesota. Um, so you have members, right? So think of, are you familiar with REI? Okay. never mind. Yes. Hmm, what's the best way to describe it? Well, okay. Uh, so basically <laughs> what the first oh, of all, acronym, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm, I can, uh, I'm kind of like a country bumpkin <laughs> up here, but what, let's, let's give people the acronym. What is REI? What does that stand for? Oh, REI is um, REI is actually a sporting company. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was going to use them as an example because oh, okay. people like you and me, it's a sporting goods store where you can um, become a member and then you get dividends back. So a co-op is oh. basically the same thing. A co-op is a utility that um, distributes um, power um, to its members. So like you and me, um, and it's typically in rural America. So like rural areas. Um, so basically that's it in a nutshell. I don't know if I did a very good job explaining. And honestly, oh, if, if, if our VPs were watching this, they might shake their heads. I'm trying to simplify <laughs> it as much I, I as possible. I can jump in here because, <laughs> because Mike, I'll jump in and just explain because Minnesota does have a ton of co-ops. So we have a couple of major mm -hmm. utilities. And then we have city-run utilities, and the city-run utilities are all part of one bigger one. So there might be 30 cities that have their own utility, yep. but they're all part of whatever Touchstone or you know one of those type of co-ops that manages all of them. Sounds like a sounds like a Minnesota hippie deal. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually all over the nation, and yeah. it's it's really cool because because you know rural parts of the country they need they need service too, right? Sure. They need power too, and so these co-ops. Uh, provide that for them. And they typically have like what you call a type five security light. So like a barnyard light, that's typically what they have, but then they'll have roadway lightings too. And then we also work with municipalities, which do like the street lighting and the roadway lighting. And, um, but now we're tapping into like the larger utility space um, with, with the IOUs. But really, you know, a big focus of ours is actually your space, which is why we joined Nailed because we, we believe that the Omnimax product that we have really speaks to your space. Again, because not to say that your space doesn't have a good retrofit option. Um, we just feel that Omnimax offers a different caliber and um, and offers a long life product to your to your market. So that's why we joined Nail because we really think we can make make way in that in that space. So. So what I, I think a lot of your products are geared towards, you know, energy savings, sure, but also maintenance savings, making them last a lot longer mm -hmm. and making it so you don't have to worry about the photo cell, things like that. How do you quantify that? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Okay. So, you know, in your space, I think there's a lot of learning that Avluma needs to do as far as being able to quantify it um, because we don't know, you know, as far as if, you know, truck rolls are involved and, and things of that nature when it comes to maintenance. But when we quantify it, we, we say to our customers to simplify it. Every time the photo sale fails, you are doubling essentially the cost of that light because you're going to have to send your crew, you're going to have to block traffic, 
um, you are going to have to set up cones, take time to, you know, change that photo cell out, right? And, and that adds labor costs and those maintenance costs. And so if we can eliminate one truck roll, truck roll for you guys, we've saved you the cost of that light. And that's how we can quantify it. And we, and yeah, and, and, it, and it's true. So. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we need to do some LS Evolve modules on LED photo cells and non-LED photo cells mm -hmm. and surge protection and a couple other things like that so we can get this into the distributor's heads that this stuff is important. Because I'll tell you right now, guy at an order desk, mm -hmm. I don't know if he's thinking about that that much. Um, and he needs, and he, or she, ooh, she needs to think about that. Um, exactly. <laughs> I want to change gears, but I'll let you finish up first. If you got anything else. Uh, so no, you, I mean, I think you're right. Reggie? Yeah, so from the maintenance standpoint, then you'll, you'll kind of give them rough numbers. You, do you actually calculate it as part of a payback and say... Exactly, you know, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have a detailed payback that really goes through all of it. I mean, it goes through, you know, energy costs. Um, it goes through... We get their numbers from the actual, you know, customer. We say, okay, you know, what do you pay for this? What do you pay for that? Here's the cost of our light. And we actually give them a payback model. And, you know, some cases, you know, the payback's a long time. It just doesn't make sense. And we're really transparent about it. And, and but 90% of the time, it makes sense. It 100% makes sense. You know, long life, uh, driver, search protection, as you mentioned. Um, and then the kicker, that, that photo cell, because that photo cell will fail. So, yeah. Before I move on, I want to talk to you about your control system because I almost forgot, but I have one more question. I have another question that I got to bring up before. Yeah. We, we kind of stay in that mm -hmm. 30 to 45 minute range. You know what I mean? So let's uh, yeah. talk to us a little bit about your controls. Yeah. You know, so again, because we like to collaborate with all of our customers, um, everyone is talking about like smart city, right? Everyone is wanting to be able to connect to all their lights and communicate with it. And, and that can be so expensive. That can be extremely expensive. And so we said, okay, how can we develop a system that, uh, that puts communication in, into the hands of our customers, like truly into their hands without having them, you know, install this network wide communication system. And so, so we said, you know, while you're sorting that out, what we'll do is we will give you our software called Connect LED and Connect LED is Bluetooth enabled and it allows the customer to, from their phone, iPad or Toughbook or whatever they have, they can communicate with the light with, um, with our app. Um, they can dim the light, they can um, turn it on and off, they can set a dimming schedule, um, they can run a diagnostic if something's going on with it, um, all sorts of things you can do with our app, all from, you know, your handheld device, which is really cool. And, and our system will also communicate with with their system once they decide what direction they're going to go. But we've learned that that takes years. So you might as well have Connect LED while you're sorting it all out. Are you starving for darkness, Taisha Bezo? I am starving for darkness. There's a light right outside of my window that is starving for darkness. Oh my gosh, it's driving me crazy. And it's it drives me crazy because I'm in lighting and it's just blasting our whole cul-de-sac. I've already wrote letters. It's just... There, it's 5K. It's just there's so much uplight. 
it's like light trespassing actually. Exactly. That's um, exactly what's happening. Yeah. That, that light trespass. And also just that <laughs> it is. And also that just the, the, uh, what do you call it? So that's called, it's just the glare, right? Just the, mm-hmm. that glare from the ground when I'm driving into my driveway, like I can't see very well. Ugh. Anywho, I could go on about it. <laughs> I love the gaslight level on your, the gaslight 2000 K on the Omnimax. That is a, yeah. that is it's time, man. That's an idea whose time has mm-hmm. so come because it's not like even a color rendering index difference. It's just a, it's just mm-hmm. a, a, a mm-hmm. way cooler, bring back that candlelight feeling beauty matter. Like 5,000 K is so mm-hmm. ugly at night. It is. We all sell them. Okay. We're all guilty. We're all, we've all done it. Right. Taisha, we've all done it. Oh but yeah. I Think sell of, thousands of them. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, I'm Lady Macbeth walking around in my sleep trying to clean my hands off here. I'm the co-host of the Starting for Darkness podcast. But, I mean, how wonderful would it be if this industry could look at this, get our heads out of the sand and say, guys, let's get, this, let's get dark skies done. Let's get darkness done. Let's restore natural darkness. And the reason why I want to ask you because – a lot of people talk about the human, uh, you know, human-centric lighting, health and light in health and all this sort of stuff. But without the restoration of natural darkness, there is no human-centric lighting. It's mm-hmm. the, all the benefits of human-centric lighting are largely lost if we don't dis- yeah. restore that. Is Evluma positioning themselves to be a leader in the, in the, in the field of, of re- restoration of darkness? We haven't even come up with a name of it. It's a movement right now. It doesn't even have a name. It is a movement. Gosh, we need to come up with a movement. Yes, we are. That is a huge passion of ours. Before starving for darkness was cool, right? Before it was even a cool thing, we have been pushing that for since I started. We've always had a low Kelvin offering um, with high color rendering. You know, people think gaslight, they think I can't see, right? Mm. But with with a high CRI, um, that 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 myth is gone. That's not true. You can still see all the colors. You can see depth. If you can manage your, you know, veiling luminance, if you will, and that glare control with high CRI, you can still have a 2000 Kelvin light and see everything that you need to see. And while, you know, being able to sleep at night, right? So we are definitely all about that movement. We've worked with various organizations to really push it. Um, we've always been on the IDA listed, or we've always been on the IDA website. We're listed. We're always one of the first to be IDA approved as far as manufacturers go. Um, I mean, we're from Seattle, so like we like things like that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. well, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, Spencer is out of Pacific Lamp. He's all, have you seen, have you gone to see him yet? Spencer Miles? You know, no, I haven't, but I need to, I need to. I've heard so much about him. Spencer, we need to Con- meet. You got to go see Concrete John <laughs> and Spencer Miles at Pacific Lamp. And then Brian Emsden's in Oregon. Okay, great. He, Brian Emsden, actually, he's one of the female yeah. members that actually sold a couple Dark Sky projects. But here's the thing. There's no such thing as Dark Skies. That's a, that's a wrong, I hate to say it, International Dark Sky Association. I love you guys, Ruskin and the peeps down there. But the yeah. nighttime skies that are unpolluted are not that dark, actually. They're quite bright. The stars are beautiful. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. the Dark Sky thing, we, haven't, we need a new name. But um, I want to throw an idea at you, Aisha, and I want you to, 
to see what you think mm-hmm. of this because I've been talking about this with Jane. Okay. Jane and I like to flip everything on its head. So one of the things is like instead of studying whether or not light improves safety, study whether or not light decreases safety. You know, sometimes oh, the yeah. hypothesis you mm-hmm. start with is incorrect, right? And, you know, we watched a lot of, um, uh, you know, um, uh, protests that were largely peaceful turn into nighttime chaos. And what was interesting to me mm-hmm. was that when that mm-hmm. when it was filmed, what I noticed was that the streets were super bright. You could see from one end of the street to the other. And I was wondering if that if that if that nighttime LED light is actually keeping people there. And if you were able to dim that and lower the Kelvin temperature, whether or not you would cue people to go home. And I thought that would be an interesting mm-hmm. that sometimes too much light can present problems like i hate to bring up this thing on get a grip lighting but that that scene with kyle rittenhouse the video of that, that mm-hmm. shooter guy you could mm-hmm. see where he was perfectly in the middle of the street you know like as yeah. if it was daytime mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's safety or not i'm not sure that that's safe i, I maybe maybe a, a, a you know maybe a little more focused light less glare less uniformity would actually provide a higher level of safety for people but that that's just one theory we've thrown out there the second thing is this if, yeah. we ch- if we choose the restoration of natural darkness as the primary or maybe the single goal of the lighting industry, do we solve every other problem? The energy efficiency issues go away because we use less energy. We, the human-centric lighting problems get solved. If your focus is on the restoration of natural darkness, Taisha, you, you implement controls everywhere you can. Like, is, mm-hmm. is that something that we could change the industry's focus to? Does it make any sense to you coming from an Evluma perspective? You know, that's a tough, that's a long putt, I think, honestly. However, I think it's something that we all need to consider. I mean, considering, you know, that angle, I think is something that is worth asking and posing the question. Um, I've never looked at it that way. And I think it's, I think it's fascinating. Gosh, more light allows people to stay up longer, you know, do interesting things, see what they need to do in order to get, you know, their mission accomplished. Um, I, I think that's, that's definitely interesting. It's something to think about because if you, absolutely, you know, the other thing too, is there's, um, I'm really passionate about this issue, by the way. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> And but, but and then the final point of that is, if we actually accomplish this, the business opportunities for of Luma and for Michael and Greg are absolutely enormous. Actually, if we think about it, it's not a high smaller uh, equation for the lighting industry, Taisha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no, not at all. Not at all. You know, while I think the business aspect would be just absolutely phenomenal, I, it really is centered around safety, right? Like. I think safety is so important and um, whether it's, you know, talking about if it is disrupting your, your REM sleeping or your ability to drive safely at night because of that high, you know, that high glare um, or just safety within, you know, enabling a protruder to continue out its task. Um, those are all things, you know, we need to consider when it comes to lighting. Um, I love that different approach that you you put on it. Something to think about and something that I'll bring up in, you know, some of the topics that I have with other lighting um, people. We're trying to start the movement and, I, and uh, 
you know, starving for darkness is the home of that thing. But every now and then it creeps into exactly. the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, Greg Eric. <laughs> Taisha Bezza. I think it's great. <laughs> it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. You guys are great. But before we go, if you're listening to this, you got to go to the magicians. You heard about it, all the magical yes. stuff. Nobody else has that stuff. I've never seen it before, and I've been in this game forever. So you got to go to evluma.com. That's E-V-L-U-M-A.com. That's right. I almost made it. That's right. But I got it. E-V-L-U-M-A.com. Greg Eric. Talked about it earlier and during the show, the Omnimax. That's a ticket, man. Nice small profile. Has the different Kelvin temperatures that can help get to that darkness that we're talking about. Different bases. Um, 2K to 5K, everything in between. Mm -hmm. And can be controlled. Also have the photo control fail safe built into it. So don't worry about that LED photo cell anymore. It's right here. And it has the surge protection too, that one? Yes, 20 kV, 10 k surge protection, beautiful light, diffuse light, maintaining that nice glow that we're looking for. Folks, you got to go to evluma.com, get in touch with Taisha and the team down there, get a demo done, and get an account set up with them. Toot sweet, folks. Yes. Proud members of the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors, welcome to our family, Taisha, and everybody at Evluma. We're so happy to have you guys as members. And if you've made it this far, folks, hey, you know, Greg and I love you guys. All you listeners out there, we appreciate you, all our colleagues. We don't have listeners, Greg. We just have colleagues that happen to listen to the show. That's right. We love you guys out there. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks.